This is the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. I am Sam Holt, joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Derek Tate. Derek, how the hell are you? Uh, did you know that tonight is the Hall of Fame game? We are recording on Thursday, so whenever you are catching this episode of the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, normally Sam would be super excited because our Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Dallas Cowboys, but we've already found out from three previous episodes of each positional breakdown that her favorite team is actually the Washington football team. How dare you? Wow. Wow. Okay, shots fired early this morning on the fantasy debate. Really appreciate that, Tate. Actually, I am not that excited about the Hall of Fame game because Rudolph is getting the start, and I'm not a fan. I don't know that many other people are fans. I just don't know that this is going to be that fun of a game. Hopefully it is. Hopefully my Steelers surprise me. But who knows? Today we are talking ADP study, wrapping up our ADP study of players. If you missed them, we covered quarterbacks, we covered wide receivers and running backs. So go ahead and check out those videos and podcasts to get filled in. But we've got tight ends today. Uh, tight end. I got to tell you, when you're doing research and thinking about exactly trying to tear these guys up, it gets ugly fast. It gets like real dice roll real fast. So I'm interested to dive into it, but we've already talked about one guy, and I know that we're going to go ahead and kick it off with some of our overpriced tight ends. The one that you've already discussed, even if you caught our promo, like, go ahead, drop the bomb, because my my mind's going to explode here. Okay. I feel like this is a fair argument, though, because all of this is based on the fact if you are drafting, for me, if you're drafting in a 12-team league, and it's got a deep depth chart it's you know you've got a deep bench you've like this is not a standard like and I don't even think 10 team leagues are standard anymore I feel like I haven't been in a 10 team league in years but this is what a league that you're gonna have to find some roster depth that's my thought process here just okay. breathe with me it's gonna I'm be listening, fine I'm listening I'm listening you have my ear but I believe that George Kittle is overpriced for where you have to get him in any draft I just believe he's overpriced so okay also that's for me Blash, I know he's great. Am I not? Am I, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is he's overpriced where he's at on the depth chart. I'm looking at different ADP studies in terms of where he is going and in, in the third round in PPR leagues. And this is not a super flex uh, ADP that I'm pulling from, which would have him going even further back. I just would rather have a wide receiver at that value that's going to get an, a higher floor of targets. And I just, I'm worried. I'm worried. Okay. So floor of targets. So, okay. I, I'm curious. What do you think, what what would you have his projection stat line being at the end of this season? I feel like he's going to fall less than a hundred targets this season. And that's based on, that's based on the fact that he's going to have Debo Samuel back. Brandon Ayuk. I know you like him. Don't even act like you don't like him. I know you like him. He's going to have a good season as well. And just San Francisco was really snake bitten last year. Kittle is yeah. Kittle was out eight games. And I mean, he wasn't, he didn't finish a full schedule of games the year before either. I think his style of play allows him to get hurt a little bit quicker than other tight ends. He's just, he's a beast. He's a monster of a player. He just kind of runs like ridiculous to try and get the play done and that's awesome but i feel like he can get himself hurt that way so i just would rather have someone that i'm not worried about possible injury issues as well 
when you're drafting at the third round, you want someone that's going to have not just a high floor, but be there the entire season. And I just don't have that faith in him. Okay. All right. So, I mean, if you're going with the durability route, then that's a little bit more understandable, not wanting to invest in a player that hasn't finished a full 16 game season over the last two years, but Kittle me this, Samantha. Go ahead. I knew you were going to do that. My Go ahead. Kittle me this. Um, I'm curious. You said you don't think he's going to get to 100 targets. No. So, but he was everything that, as far as like on a per game basis, was screaming that Kittle was actually heading for kind of like a career year in some regards. I mean, he was on pace for 96 receptions. He was on pace for 126 targets. And that was... Also considering, like you said, they were they were snake bitten by injury last year, but they had Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, and CJ Beathard rolling and throwing the football to Kittle, and that was with Kittle playing half the season. Like, yeah. and he still had those, at least on a per game basis, that floor, and also come kind of those boom games that you look for at tight end. Even if it's whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, that's gonna have another mixed bag at quarterback. That's what you just said. That's gonna it's gonna be. He's not gonna have the same guy the whole season. We both feel this. Like Trey Lance is gonna end up getting the start too. So I also think that's gonna throw a little bit of a wrench in the mix in terms of the consistency. Plus, he hasn't had more than five touchdowns a game, which is not gonna get me wrong. Five touchdowns is great, but when you have you the volume, you mean yeah, in, a in, in a season, yeah. He hasn't had over five. When you have the volume that he's had at targets and receptions previously, you would have hoped to have a higher number at uh, touchdowns as well. But what do they do? They run it in. Well, I understand. Look, that is a good point. Um, I don't touchdown. You you know this. Touchdowns are incredibly volatile and can be very tough to project. But they're uh, the Forty Niners offense is one that is very balanced because of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and I still think that it's going to be incredibly balanced heading into the year. But the offense, as far as the passing attack, goes through Kittle. In fact, they do a lot of things through Kittle. Kittle's a hell of a blocker, too. I mean, the guy does everything. Um, I still believe that this offense is going to take a step forward. I think you have a heavy, healthy Debo Samuel heading into the year. We have a healthy Brandon Ayuk heading into the year as well. Either Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or it's Trey Lance, who has just dynamic ability to be able to add on top of what I think is a, you know, nice set of tools, throwing the football. And clearly Shanahan saw something that he believes in with this kid to not only trade a whole ton of draft assets to move up to number three to take them, but also passed on the likes of Justin Fields, who I think is, personally, I think he's a better prospect, but clearly Shanahan sees something that he likes that fits into his system to make this all work. And whether it's a mixed bag of Garoppolo and Lance or Lance takes the job straight from day number one or Garoppolo stays under center the entire season and Lance has a redshirt year. Either way, Kittle's going to have improved play under center from what my estimate. Um, I think that Lance is going to be dialed up perfectly and Kittle is going to be the focal point of this offense. I still think he is easily going to see one, over 100 targets this year. Um, and I... I think that there's definitely it's not outside of the realm of possibility that Kittle finishes the year as the tight end one. I I wouldn't bet my my savings account on it because I think Kelsey is that good and that offense is that productive. But Kittle, I still have him higher than Darren Waller. Yeah, the focal point of the offense is the running game. 
Okay. Okay. Just just saying. They it's not, the it's ball, not Sam. They can't, they can't it's, run the ball 90% of the time. They'll try and they'll keep burning <laughs> through running backs to do it. It doesn't matter who gets hurt. Next man up. Let's just go. It's a run first offense and you know it. And you know it. Oh, so anyways. Don't you tell me what I know. Don't you tell me my business. I, I'm not going to call you devil woman because that's just rude. But We've been recording amazing. for years together. I know. I know you. I know you. Anyways, okay. let's tie a bow on this Kittle shenanigans. And you tell me your overpriced tight end so I can get all upset and in a fluster. Sure. Kyle Pitts. As much as I love Kyle Pitts as a prospect, as much as I think that he is going to have a sensational NFL career, and he's the best receiving tight end prospect that I've seen come out of the NFL draft, or at least that I've ever scouted since I started scouting. Um, all that being said, there is so much unknown that surrounds Kyle Pitts for him to come off the board at tight end five right now, according to fantasy pros, uh, ADP and PPR tight end um, listings. And also at 45 overall, Sam, that is, that to me tells me that's the end of round number four. So Kittle goes in round three as of what you're looking at right now. The data I'm looking at tells me that Kyle Pitts is going in the fourth round. That in front of TJ Hawkinson, who I, you know, you know, teaser, we're going to get to him in a little bit, but that's just madness to me. There's so much unknown when it comes to how this passing attack is going to look under Arthur Smith, the new head coach over from the Tennessee Titans, which by the way, had one of the most balanced offenses in the national football league last year. Also Matt Ryan led the, led the NFL in pass attempts last year. I don't see that happening in 2021. Oh, by the way, a guy that demanded a whole ton of double teams for the entirety of his tenure in Atlanta, Julio Jones, a perennial first ballot hall of famer is no longer in town. It's Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Yes, there will be targets to go around, but I'm concerned given that, one, I, I also don't think he's that great of a blocker yet, Sam. I think he has to develop that part of his game. There's going to be moments where I think he comes off the football field due to that. But yes, are they going to use him and move him all around the formation, find creative ways to get him to football? Yes, they will. But you're banking on basically 100-plus targets if you are taking Kyle Pitts in the fourth round. And I just think that that's far too aggressive of a projection, given that tight end is the toughest position in the national football league outside of quarterback to learn and transition to from college to the NFL. I get it. I totally get it. I think that, and I've fed into the Kyle Pitts hype a lot myself. I think I've been blowing things up on, on Twitter and the, uh, before when the draft happened, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can't wait to get him in a rookie league. Um, I get it. He's, we don't know what he's going to be yet. And that that price tag, there are players surrounding that position that I would probably rather have, but in dynasty, Dynasty is my only like qualm with that is I think overall the value later because that position can be so volatile in terms of what you can depend on. He is just such an amazing talent. I think it would be a loss in a dynasty league to not try and roster him in some way. And dynasty oh. leagues are different. Um, obviously, you're going to have a rookie yeah. draft. So val value there is going to be slightly different, even if it's a standard type of draft, but it's dynasty and maybe like you have 
three keepers and then Pitts is sitting there in the draft and you want to grab him. That's the only situation that I understand going for him early, but I hear you where he's currently at. I'm not talking about dynasty. I'm talking strictly redraft 2021. I just, I, I, as much dynasty as I play, I can't not mention it. I can't not. It's like my I brand dynasty. I just said he's going to have a great NFL career. I yeah, think he's I know. Gonna, just, just not like this. I get it. Potential. I know. I'm I excited too. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> so I'm not upset by your pick and Kyle Pitts. I'm not upset by that. I think it. I hate it. It, it feels. It, I've been hyping him up because I love him and great prospect. Just a lot of unknown to invest on your fantasy team at that rate. That's all. Yes, I understand. All right, let's talk late round value. Now, mine's okay. deep. Mine's very deep. Mine is probably not going to even get drafted in a standard draft of 12 teams. Probably not. Oh. <laughs> but, hey, he's a he's a waiver wire pickup. Maybe he's bench spot someone, depending on how much you know bench spaces you have available in your league. But he's someone that I don't think that you should forget about. And that would be Jared Cook. Okay. Crazy. I'm, so, well, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, you're going to hear, because that's pretty deep down the well. That's I mean, pretty deep. Echo, 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 echo. We crap, said crap. late round, and last week's late round, I don't think I went deep enough. So I went deep. <laughs> I went I went into the trenches for you guys to get this pick. But I think it's important, considering the way that some people like to slide different tight ends in their roster. You know, I sometimes if I don't get a tight end, early in my draft i like to rotate the guys out depending on the matchup depending on how things are going i think that's a fun position to mix it up throughout the season and i think that he would could be someone you could throw in the mix depending on you know how you how we see him go and how we see him click with justin herbert who is a volume machine and who is going to see him in the red zone a lot as that is his specialty as a veteran he's been in the league a very long time. I'm not going to do the math and count yeah. all these years. He's been in the league a very long time. He knows what he's doing. He's a very effective tight end. Great veteran presence. I think he's going to do a lot in that locker room. I think that's going to help a lot with that team, especially considering I think that they're pretty young. I think he's going to be huge there. And opposite of what we just talked about with Kittle, I mean, his ceiling on touchdowns is nine. That was obviously with Drew Brees. I know. I'm, I'm aware of that. But you know how high the volume is going to be with Justin Herbert. That's an amazing quarterback to pair this veteran with. I think that allows for a very solid floor week to week. So if you're mixing in different tight ends into your scheme, I think that you should not forget about Jared Cook. Okay. So Jared Cook, right? Um, First off, I mean, he's pretty much earned his – NFL AARP card at this point. He's been in the NFL so long. And granted, he's had a he's had a very nice NFL career. But didn't we wasn't he supposed to be a breakout candidate last year with Drew Brees in the New yeah. Orleans Saints? I mean, like that that's what I'm saying. Like there's every there was a hitch in their step the whole season, though. The whole team's <sighs> season. So I, you can't even say it was just on Jared Cook. I'm not blaming I there's no personal, you know, hatred towards Jared Cook. I'm just gonna respond by his outlook for me in this charger offense is there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I think it's just, I I hear you. That was good. It's a lot of variety for a young quarterback. Who's going to need to pepper the field as they're still really working on their defense. They got a new, very defensive minded head coach and 
they still have a lot of work on the defense to bring it up to par from what it was last year because the defense was atrocious last year. Yeah, I mean, you holes across the board. So he was having to, you know, play from behind a lot. He was having to just air out the ball like crazy. So he's still going to be doing that. Not going to be fixed overnight. But you know, Keenan Allen is going to get his volume. You know, he is. is, He's all of these players are going to get peppered with targets. It's going to be Keenan Allen and it's going to be Austin Eckler. Yeah, they will too. And then Mike Williams, then you're going to have who's even third option? I mean, is it Jared Cook? I think it's Mike Williams personally. Um, or you go Jalen Guyton. I actually like what I saw from him last season, just in small spots. Um, point being, I, I, I'm okay with it, though. I think Jared Cook's going to be what exactly what he was last year, kind of a streaming option. There's going to be some weeks that he's incredibly volatile, and then there's going to be weeks where he completely disappears. Sure. I just don't see him like filling that Hunter Henry floor on a weekly basis as far I, as target volume consistency. I actually do see him filling in that volume of Hunter Henry because that is a big hole to be left by him. And they did get a rookie tight end in there, but not being Kyle Pitts, I don't see that rookie tight end having an immediate surge onto targets and a high floor and all that. Plus, I just love the durability as well with Cook. He hasn't had, he had the sh- shortest season he had was 10 games and that was in 2016. Everything else has been either full season of games or missing only a handful, like like just two or three, like very few. So I like that durability of him for being old as he is. He's probably my age, crying out loud. (laughs) (laughs) He's younger than me, probably. So, yes. (laughs) So, yeah, given that, I do like that as well. You're probably going to get a full season out of him. He's serviceable at a position where you're probably going to be rotating some tight ends. Let's hear your late round value. Is it as deep as mine? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, actually, it's a little bit further according to Fantasy Pro. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I I accepted the challenge. I'm going to go ahead and go real deep as well. Um, Tight end 22 right now off the board and 189 overall. So, I mean, he's probably going undrafted, similar to Jared Cook in a lot of different leagues. Um, It's Gerald Everett. Believe it or not. Okay. No, and hear me out. Okay. Okay. We've seen little mini breakouts before from a Seattle Seahawks tight end. We've seen it from Will Disley for a short amount of time. We've seen it with Jacob Hollister for a short amount of time. I think that Gerald Everett, his athletic profile and what he's shown capable of doing in moments, in flashes with the LA Rams, I think bodes well for what might be a very nice compliment to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So somebody that is kind of getting probably the biggest role in his career at 27 years old, still a plus level athlete uh, and ability to create after the catch. I think that Gerald Everett's going to have an opportunity here to carve himself out a nice role. I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to, you know, be a top five tight end, but with Russell Wilson, hopefully they allow him to cook a little bit more this year. They allow him to go ahead and do his thing, throwing the ball through the air. I expect that a tight end is going to have a role on this offense. And I think Gerald Everett is the best of the bunch. Uh, I just, I like, not only do I like it for him, I also like it for Tyler Higby. Shout out East Lake High School and our boy, who's actually jumped on the show before. They are now going to see their individual stock rise because they're no longer eating into each other's snaps targets etc so but Everett's the better buy because right now Higby's like tight end 13 Everett's tight end 22 
Yeah, definitely the better buy. I get that. I also do like a tight end in that Seahawks offense because there were times that I was, you know, feeling Jacob Hollister a lot last year. And I think that there's there's definitely potential there. That's I, I'm not going to poo poo that argument that you have there. Oh, thank you. No, you're welcome. We started off rough. Maybe we'll finish off nicer, more cordial. Okay. Who knows? Okay. This is the debate. So who, <laughs> if we, if we end the show not happy with each other, it's not going to be a surprise. I'm All right. angry with y'all see you next week i'll see you next week just like disgruntled <laughs> um <laughs> okay let's talk breakout candidates then um and i don't think that mine's too far-fetched considering where you where he's going in a lot of leagues i see him going fourth off the board fifth off the board six off the board just depending on uh your league format but i am really high on tj hawkinson this year mm-hmm. i feel like TJ Hawkinson is going to be the security blanket for Jared Goff over there in Detroit. We've both had our qualms with Jared Goff over the years. And what he does do, he will air out the ball. He will throw it. He'll throw it a lot. Probably not in the Jameis Winston type of fashion. I don't see him going for 30 for 30 in terms of uh, receptions and interceptions but i do feel like he's going to look for hawkinson a lot in that offense a lot because i don't know who else you're gonna have that much confidence in on their receiving team he's their main guy he is the team right now so what are you gonna do if you're jared goff and you realize you are fighting for your career right now you are gonna throw it to the franchise guy that they currently have there and that's tj hawkinson so i do like the floor that you're going to get with him there might be some weeks that he just completely overthrows him and that's going to frustrate you as a fantasy owner but the security you have is a very very high volume for what's basically the number one receiver on an offense so first off i love the the hawkinson pick it is one where the table is set for him to have a very, very, very productive year. Now, yes. I, touchdown variant, it, that I have no idea because I don't know how effective the Detroit offense is really going to be. Sure. Could, it really could struggle with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that Goff likes to air it out, like actually analytically, and from when he doesn't trust his reads off of play action, that was Sean McVay trying to filter him good quality looks in the passing attack, he actually has a propensity to – check it down like a, an obnoxious amount not want to put the ball down the football field which i think also plays in the hawkinson's hands because you're going to want that tight end that is you know lined up normally in line or in the slot and he's normally a check down or somebody to get the ball out of your hands quickly or a primary read like those things bode well for hawkinson and then you already mentioned it tyrell williams brashad perriman quintez cephas and amron st brown i don't even said i think that Amonra St. Amon Brown. Brown. I do like Amon his Ross name. Brown. I, like I keep saying name. it wrong. Uh, but that's what he's competing with for targets in DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. So, um, yeah, no, I love Hawkinson. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel bad for Detroit to have just like, it, it's just like, there's just nothing. It's like a wasteland. It's a Actually, land I guess, toys at wide receiver. I know. I just, I guess I just feel more, most bad for TJ. But hey, he's going to be the complete star this season. And that's what you can hang your hat on in terms of, you know, volume for a tight end at where you're going to get him off the board, probably after the fourth round, most likely the fifth or sixth round. Um, 
great, great value for that kind of a floor of the player. So for me, obvious breakout candidate. I'd love to hear yours. I'm going to go because as of right now, the Miami Dolphins quarterback is Tua Tungabailoa. And speaking of players that didn't really want to push the football down the field all that much last season, Tua fit that bill. And one of the players that he clicked with under center and peppered with quite a few targets was Mike Gesicki. And right now, Gesicki is sitting at tight end 11, 116 overall. Of the four out of the last five games, he got blanked against New England because it was just ugly. But for those last five games, he saw six-plus targets, averaged just under five receptions per game. Gesicki also is a plus-level athlete at the tight end spot. We've known that for a while, but I thought we saw him take the next step last season. And I know that they added Jalen Waddle and Will, Ful- Will Fuller. Like I know that they have some other options, but if Tua's not going to push the football down the field to use those deep threat speed demons, then who's going to open it up for Gasecki? So per- I think that Gasecki has a, a chance to outperform his ADP. And I, I, I think that he's going to see a lot more targets than people think because of all the additions in that wide receiver room for the Miami Dolphins. I, I like that. I definitely think I didn't realize he was sitting actually that low because I feel like a lot of people this offseason have been talking about Mike Gusecki. So I thought he was going higher off the board. So I, I agree where you're going to get him. That is a good value, considering the type of situations that Tua is going to find himself in this season, and he's going to have to save himself probably a lot with Mike Gusecki in order to extend the play. So, I I get it. I you don't love it. I I don't love it. It's just well, ask we ask yourself what tight end outside of the top four, like uh, Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Andrews. Which and I personally, I'm with you on Hawkinson, but you already took Hawkinson, so I got I got to pivot. Um, you know, you start looking and going down the list, and I'll do it real quick. There's something that you don't like, and you don't makes you feel unconfident planning your flag on the player. Like you got Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz is still there, right? And Jalen yeah. Hurts on the ball. Who knows? Logan Thomas. They added Curtis Samuel. They we expanded an expanded role for Antonio Gibson. Ryan Fitzpatrick is he the quarterback the whole year or is he not? Who knows? Noah Fan. Who is the quarterback in Denver right now? Again, who knows? Nobody knows. I don't think Drew Locke knows. (laughs) Bobby Tunyon is actually one that I kind of like at his spot. He's tight end 10 right now, but he scored 11 touchdowns last year, and his, you know, catch rate was obnoxiously high. Is it that same way? Is is there any problems there in Green Bay with Aaron Aaron Rodgers? Who knows? Smith Jr., I can keep going. Okay, so how high do you think is his ceiling to finish this season? Oh, I think Gusecki can get inside the top five. Um, okay Hawkinson though I think Hawkinson has a chance to finish as like the tight end too yeah uh, he does that's where like volume if, baby <laughs> if things fall the right way uh I do see a world where Hawkinson could finish in like finish right behind Travis Kelsey yeah it wouldn't surprise me it might surprise Hawkinson but it would surprise it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> well I mean no they're not throwing the ball to anybody else other than they've Hawkinson got nobody else. So. That might be it. So, yep, yeah. that's the type. That's our tight end. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our tight end ADP study. Please go ahead and check out everything else that we have for you over at drro.com and tune in next week for your next episode of Fancy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal DFS tools, as well as premium access to all of our staff um, over on over on drro.com. We'll answer all of your fantasy sports questions in the members only discord. Have a wonderful week and we will see you next week. Until next time, later, says the tater. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.